0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you... Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com ifanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Special edition iFanboy podcast, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with the iFanboy Animated Brain Trust Paul Montgomery. Hey everybody. And Ryan Haupt. You can trust us. And we are discussing the Blu-ray release of Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which was an animated film that was released in theaters on Christmas Day of 1993. Yes. I remember I got the um I was
1: so excited. I got the junior novelization for Christmas. And inside the junior novelization were tickets for me and my dad to go see it. Oh wow! Uh, like the day after Christmas, I think that's what we did. I don't remember exactly, but this was this was an event, and this was like this was the year after Batman Returns, mm-hmm. um, which I guess would also have been was that Christmas? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know, but I, like, it seems like it would be a Christmas movie um, rather <laughs> than a summer movie. But how old were you two guys? Do I, I was
2: I was wondering if you uh, would even want to know. It was nine. <laughs> I was seven.
0: I was in high school and mm-hmm. uh, I did not see it in theaters. I didn't see it until it came out the year later in home video. Okay. This was a film that, that was spun out of the animated series, obviously Batman the Animated Series. It was originally intended to be direct to, uh, direct to I was going to say direct to DVD, but direct to home video. That makes uh, sense. And uh, in the middle of production, Warner Brothers decided, no, we're going to put it out in theaters. So they had to scramble. To change a little bit to make it more appropriate for the theaters, mostly the technical elements, mostly a widescreen.
1: I didn't know that. That's interesting. Like the beginning, the opening uh, credits Mm -hmm. um, look like, oh, this, yeah, this feels theatrical. But then the rest of it kind of is like, yeah, this, I could see this kind of being direct to video.
0: Yeah, it's one of my criticisms would be, and we'll get into it in a second, but we're on this right now, is that it doesn't look like it's got the budget of a theatrical release in terms of the animation right. it looks like it's a little better we'll just say that the animation of the series was a b just to pick a random number this would be like a b plus whereas a theatrical yeah. release should have like an a a minus level of animation it was a little better than the show but it was like you know you could see why this might be a little disappointing to some people
1: and i th- and i think because of the um, the character designs and the great art direction yes. we remember it as being like a plus with right. the movie and the tv series but like when you get into the actual like animation of it um, yeah it doesn't necessarily feel like a feature right
0: so that that was interesting so you can see that once you know that you can see it on the screen that oh this was done on a direct to video budget but well-regarded. Didn't do super well in the box office to no one's surprise, but uh, right. well-regarded. One of the most interesting things about this movie is that, and we'll get into our initial reactions when we first saw it in a second, but uh, it's usually universally praised amongst most fans. So you, you, know, when we announced we were doing this, people were like, oh, it's the greatest Batman movie of all time, and I assume they're talking about theatrical releases. And people love it. So it's, it's nice that they're finally putting it out on Blu-ray. It's been remastered. It looks, it looks great. Ah, see I saw Paul say something online. I disagree. Yeah. Um I think it looks a little soft. You don't think that's the animation st- that's the result of the animation style?
1: When they said they were doing a remaster on it and when they and when people talked I remember just comment sections on like blu-ray.com and stuff and like oh are they actually remastering because like that's going to be a little tricky and that's going to be some money and
2: can we can we pause to talk about what remastering actually is because I didn't know and I actually did some research to look it up I assumed you both already knew because of your your experiences in media but this might be a term that people don't understand. I wasn't able to find exactly what they did for this movie. But in general, when you had things on film, you would have what's called the master, Mm -hmm. which was the original print that all the copies were made from. Right. And so if you want to digitally remaster something, you would take the film frame by frame and scan it at the upgraded resolution that you then want to send it out anew as in this case. The highest resolution they offered was 1080p, but in a lot of cases, they're scanning them at 2K, 4K, yes. sometimes up to 8K resolution so you can future proof it against better displays uh, in years to come. And mm. one of the things I was reading, which is pretty incredible, was that for a frame of film at 4K resolution, it can be up to 12 terabytes of data before they start editing
0: it. Which yeah, it's is big. It's kind of incredible to me. I mean, so 4K wow. is ridiculous, but. Uh... I wonder, Paul, if that's because you know the source is of a you know you can only scan you can only make it so clean.
1: Yeah, so I was I was going into this um, with sort of guarded expectations, knowing that okay, this is from 1993. This this movie came out when I was nine, so like I I knew that it wasn't going to be like Disney putting out like Pinocchio the Diamond Edition or whatever. Like they're not going to put that much money into it right but I just I just want people to you know sort of temper their expectations it is pretty soft in areas um especially when you're coming from like the movies that we've been reviewing uh, as the animated brain trust where they're very crisp very vibrant and uh this has some some parts where it kind of looks like you're looking at it through you know like a coke bottle or something
0: to be clear my eyes are, are yeah, getting, you're an getting, old man. They're thing. getting old, so it could be that everything in the world looks a little soft, and therefore, I thought it looked fine.
1: But it's that's like just, when I when I show my dad like a Blu-ray of like uh, the Great Escape or something, he's like, "This looks like my DVD." It was like, you know, it's so <laughs> your results may vary, but just be forewarned that this is not, you know, an ultra 4K crazy.
0: Remaster? No, they didn't they, yeah. didn't. they didn't dump a ton of money. There's, there's, there's no uh, special edition stuff. Just the trailer. It's, it's. Uh...
2: But based on watching the original trailer in YouTube, one thing I picked up on from the Blu-ray release is that the sound is a lot better.
1: Sound is great. That's we should say that. And um, I forgot how good the score is on this. It's, it's, it's fantastic.
2: When we, we first started watching it, like, Julie's first just, comment I was like, "Why are they doing Batman theme in Latin? That's weird." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which are apparently Warner Brothers executives' names backwards.
2: Oh, that's even weirder. <laughs>
1: to make so, it sound like
0: Latin. so. You guys saw this in in when you were wee little lads. What were your what was your initial reaction to originally seeing this film?
1: I'll, okay, I'll go first. Um, I was this was I, just my memory of it. This was more of an event to me. Than even batman returns which came out the year before mm-hmm. i did not i didn't see batman 89 in the theater i saw batman returns in the theater uh, also with my dad i remember being really into the penguin stuff not no like not the penguin but like the, the penguins because yeah. i love animals and, and i always did um so i was way into that and um but like this was coming out of the animated series which is my batman that was i mean i had hand me down batman comics from my older cousins mm-hmm. but batman the animated series for my generation that's batman right. um, so that was that was a touchstone for me and for there to be this big live action thing i thought it was so cool and i thought it was like i thought it was i remember thinking it was really sophisticated because there was like mobsters like it wasn't <laughs> just like a it wasn't just a bunch of like like adam west batman villains it was you know it, it was the mafia and stuff and like the, mm-hmm. the graveyard bit with the phantasm was, you know, really spooky and really dark. And I was like, man, this is so cool. Like they couldn't do this on TV and uh, like on Saturday morning. And so uh, I was, uh, I was really into it. And, but it's, it's funny. Cause um, I thought I remembered a lot of this movie, but there are some touches that really impressed me watching it again, because I guess it's been, Tw- you know, 20 plus years so you since saw it last. I've seen it. Yeah, okay. probably. I mean, I think it was, I think it played on Cartoon Network or something and I might've caught bits of it in the, in the years since, but I've never formally sat down and watched it since it came out on video. Probably.
0: Ryan, what are your, what were your thoughts? Do you remember?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember watching it and enjoying it, but I think I enjoyed it mostly in the way that I enjoyed the rest of the Bruce, Tim, I mean, the mm-hmm. animated series. It didn't stand out, especially, to me and you know I vacillated as a kid a lot back and forth between Tim Burst stuff and Adam West stuff and mm-hmm. so this you know this was when I was in the mood for serious grown up Batman times this was what I would go to but I still I still enjoyed Adam Adam West and this is the we guys Adam West is gone now that's yep. sad mm-hmm. we haven't talked about that but mm-hmm. um, yeah so I, I remember really enjoying this and I'm continually surprised when I revisit this movie that Phantasm the character hasn't become more of a mainstay. I mean, she's popped up a few other times in yeah. the Timverse stuff, but they've really kind of kept, kept a hands-off approach.
0: Yeah. Um, I, so I didn't see it until the next year on home video. I was uh, June sophomore, or junior in high school. Batman the Animated Series is my all-time favorite cartoon. My all-time favorite depiction of Batman. I was kind of bored by the movie uh, when I saw it originally. I wasn't that impressed by it. There's some things we'll get into that, that I don't really like about it. Oh, interesting. Okay. From a lore standpoint and character stuff. But just as a film, once I read that it was meant to be a home video movie, and suddenly that made a lot more sense to me. It didn't feel like a big theatrical release story. It felt like just a longer episode or like a two-part episode. And I feel like there's there were much better two-part episodes. So I guess getting into it, my opinion didn't really change. I don't think I've seen it since, actually, since I originally okay. saw home video in 1994. but. I was kind of bored by it and not that impressed by it. Look, it, it's like an all-star team. It's Alan Burnett and Paul Dini and Martin Pasco and Bruce Timms, one of the co-directors. And if I think back to the show, there's other two-part. I think the, the storylines with Two Face or Robin's Reckoning or all there are all, all kinds of stories I think are better representations of this particular team's work with Batman than this particular story. I love a lot of things in it. I love seeing old Alfred. I, I love you know you get, we get black-haired Alfred very very few little. Uh, in the and mm, stuff. Mm. I loved seeing Old Alfred. But I didn't like that... First of all, the Phantasm is b- b- this bizarre... I don't say rip-off, but it's, they're doing a version of the Reaper, which is the comic book character, who looks right. exactly like Phantasm. Um, I don't know why it's they just like didn't... Year 2? Yeah, Batman that? Year 2. yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure why they just didn't do the Reaper. I don't know why they had to change the I don't know. I, that was weird to me, because I was such a big fan of that story as a kid. I don't like sort of shoehorning in this character from his past that was so important to him. I mean basically she's the ins- entire inspiration for him becoming Batman here, which I didn't like as from a Batman lore standpoint. Um the character that's never mentioned again, character never is never used in any other place. She's she's this super important person in his life. Are you saying the phantasm is a Mary Sue, Connor? <laughs> uh, and then the Joker feels out of place in the story. It feels like they had this sh- they were like, "Oh shit, we need to put something else in here to liven it up." Like when he comes in, it's just sort of like, well, why is he here? And then the fact that they make him a mobster. I mean, I, I get get that that's playing on the Batman 89 Origins, which is what they did a lot in the cartoon, but he just feels out of place and then he, then he takes over the movie completely. It's a weird movie to me.
1: The one thing that, that surprised me uh a lot was in the in the opening sequence, uh, when the fan, you know, Phantasm shows up and it's the first killing in the in the uh car garage. Mm-hmm. The phantasm isn't like the most skilled <laughs> killer like um she makes mistakes spoilers spoilers
0: oh, oh sorry spoiler warning <laughs>
1: you know she um she almost gets killed in that first thing and that seems weird to me as the for the first time that we see this
0: yeah she, she seemed really scary seemingly badass. supernatural
1: right. yeah badass kind of like should be like jason or michael myers or something you should see
0: them and and think, oh man, Batman's in trouble, you know.
1: Yeah, and and then like we get a moment where like she's running away through the garage, and almost like you you shouldn't like tip your your hands this early about the phantasm being you know flawed or or not being you know this um this otherworldly threat, um this really intimidating thing without human foibles, right. So I really like, you know, the bit in the uh, in the graveyard where that like that's how you should see the phantasm for the first time, really. Like that's how that character is sort of meant to be seen. I also think it's kind of fun that it's Stacy Keach doing yeah. <laughs> um, the scary voice. And that, that's that's uh, that's who plays uh, her father. Um, but he's, you know, he's doing a different voice. But that's just kind of an interesting I was like, I wonder who they got you know, to be the, the male voice, the representation of the phantasm. Um, and so I looked that up and said, Oh, it's Stacy Keach too. That's cool. That's a good idea. I think there are some really just effective moments, even if the plot isn't perfect. I think there's stuff like Alfred seeing Batman put on the cowl for the first time and the orchestra swells, Mm -hmm. which is a really strong moment. And I was like, Oh man, um, maybe sort of like, you know, sit up in my chair. um, and then you know, I mentioned I mentioned the graveyard scene. I like the idea of this this world of tomorrow, this imperfect version of what we used to think the future would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that plays into the themes of this movie really well. And then, of course, the bit with uh, with Bruce at his parents' grave, saying, "I didn't expect to be happy. Can I stop being Batman now?" And that's uh, you know, I think everybody has a different take or a different um, perspective on how batman should be portrayed Mm -hmm. um i think this one humanizes bruce in an interesting way and that was one of the strong points of the series is there was a very distinct batman and a very distinct bruce wayne um and i like the way kevin conroy sort of modulated his voice to be batman
2: that—that that that is yeah that's heaven for me is hearing kevin conroy switch back and forth between bruce and batman and, and then the scene at the grave that, was really yeah. interesting because, like, when Julie saw that scene, she was like, you know, you can just stop, Bruce. Like, you don't have to keep going. And I was like, Julie, we're not talking about a psychologically healthy person here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, and then, so. then, you know, uh, Andrea Beaumont walks in and she says, maybe they sent me. Maybe I'm, you know, their way of telling you. It's like that story about, like, oh, there was a flood and the guy's, like, praying to God to send him help. And a boat comes along. He says, no, no. Gods sending help for me and don't worry about it I'll you know get you'll see you later and he ends up in heaven and God's like I sent you a boat I sent you all this stuff right. and you didn't do anything he's like well I was you know so that's that's sort of bruce hearing what he wants to hear you know like he psychologically I think it's just really interesting I think bruce you know is using his parents as an excuse to be batman in some cases like that might that might have been the first you know impetus i have to avenge my parents death but then it sort of stops being that and it becomes this is how i well it's
0: who he is he doesn't know, this anything. Is me. He doesn't know yeah. anything else he I, I don't know anything, do else, anything else
1: right i just think it's really interesting that he has this out where he can say you know i can i can donate money to the police and they can you know Step step it up against the criminals. I don't have to do this, and he's actively looking for excuses to continue to be Batman and throw off this this relationship. He has you know these intimacy issues, and this is in a you know 1993 Batman cartoon. And I thought
0: that was like really compelling. Ryan, your initial thoughts, having watched it decades later,
2: I enjoyed it this time around. Uh, it was Julie's first time seeing it, and so it was fun to watch it with somebody who knows batman and knows the Timverse pretty well but hadn't seen this particular piece of it and so That's i cool. enjoyed watching it with her and a lot of her takeaways were just a lot of initial questioning of like wait so when is this supposed to take place because it feels like it's the 40s or the even the 20s or <laughs> sometimes the 50s and i was like well it's, you know batman's got a computer so it doesn't really take place in any that was of those the times series
0: is whole milieu
1: yeah but right, then when exactly. you throw flashbacks into it and right. that, well, that was another thing. yeah, stuff, it's very, yeah.
2: <laughs> the world of tomorrow stuff, I, I love, I mean, I have a, a very uh, fond affection for the Art Deco style. And so, like the fonts and the 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 styling and the art, all that. I was just eating it up. And then when it goes into the the present, and the world of tomorrow is trash. And it's like, how many years has this been? This is like <laughs> this feels like fifty years worth of decay and breakdown. And I, I know I know, Connor, you said you didn't like some of the retconning of the origin, but I do like the let's go to the World's Fair, see the world of the future, and oh. that actually does represent elements of Batman's future, like his idea for the car and Oh yeah, other, that's that's one of the things I liked
0: I liked about it. I mean I didn't I didn't hate the movie. I just I just was kind of bored by it, but there were definitely elements of it that were really good. There Rewatching it
2: this sequences. time, it was really hard to extract hearing Dana Delaney uh, plays Andrea as Lois Lane. Right. Um, that was really tough for me. It was like, because especially because later on, like when I was in junior high and high school, the animated series stuff was still going, but the style had changed significantly, and Superman was a big part of it now. And they did a Batman Superman crossover and there is a romantic subplot between Lois and Bruce and so it kept like kind of messing with my head a little bit to hear someone who also sounds like Lois having a romantic plot with Bruce that, always, that was more distracting than anything else but just overall, since you, i had i had fun watching it
1: just, just since you bring that up i i always loved that dynamic in the the new adventures or in that it was at that debut movie where they cross over mm-hmm. um, where lex and where, the joker
2: team up so batman and superman have yeah
1: yeah and so uh, lois Likes Superman, finds Clark annoying. She hates Batman, is very attracted to Bruce Wayne. I just thought that was a a great sort of distillation of how those characters are perceived by different people, you know in in that universe. Um, and so that that's sort of informed a lot of my understanding of Lois and like what she's into. <laughs> I don't know. Like, she thinks Batman's
0: like a dirtbag. <laughs> I watched, you know, I did a whole thing for the website back when we had written content on, on the animated yeah. shows. And I rewatched the entire Superman. Not to get on a Superman tangent, but that show was so weird because there was no uh, love triangle. They barely ever dealt with the romance of Superman, Lois Lane, and Clark Kent in that show. So that made sense to me that she would be into Batman because she certainly wasn't into Superman, not in that show. Mm-hmm to the point where they the final scene of that show is them kissing on the roof and you're just like completely flabbergasted that it's even happening because there's been no lead-up to it whatsoever the entire, like, oh, the sure time. We uh, anyway back to the film so the, the the main story is that their phantasm is this you know masked grim reaper-esque character who's killing mobsters and it turns out there's a tie-in to bruce's past and the joker shows up because he was part of that old mob gang and
2: <laughs> the scene, I laughed out loud in the scene where uh, Bruce finally draws the smiley face on the photo uh, yeah. and it was like oh my god, a guy like, with the exact same facial features, but when he smiles it's the Joker
0: <laughs> there's a lot of flashbacks as we discussed because Andrew Beaumont's a character that Bruce encounters in college so we see young Bruce Wayne we see him training, there's a little bit of Batman year one in there when he's running around in a ski mask trying to fight crime and there's elements of year one there's elements of year two from the comics but ultimately, it's telling its own story with new characters, and uh, you know, the classic stuff here is great. This is my favorite era of the show. You know, I didn't like the when they redesign all the characters as much as I love. I love the old designs. I love the voice acting is is terrific. I like them both. I don't, I don't dislike them, but I didn't. I like this one the most. This is the, this is to me. I know what you what mean. I like, think of as the show. Everybody's kind of stocky and and thick, and I just kind of like that look of it. But I don't know. I just it. it <sighs> It didn't feel special, for some reason. Yeah, I get that. It doesn't feel anything more than like a three-part episode. If I'm,
1: if I'm being honest, I think the the Shirley Walker score, and she did some of the score with uh, uh, Tim Burton on like the original animated series stuff, but she was m- the main composer for that. I think the score she does here and like the sound design of this movie does a lot of heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Like the like the the bit I talked about with Alfred seeing right. Bruce put the cowl on for the first time. That's that score right there. The visuals feel more impressive in my mind like thinking back on the movie because I think of of the music and because of the the fact that it was a feature, the fact that they probably put a little bit more into like the surround of it, so if if you're you know listening to it on a decent you know sound system, it's a it does feel like uh, a bit more of a theatrical experience than if you were just looking at it you know like muted. Right. Um, it does look like the TV show. It does look like. And but now now you talk about it being a you know originally a direct-to-video thing. I think the phantasm would have been an interesting character like if they'd done an arc on the tv show right. like if one of the seasons followed the phantasm and then you know you got to know andrea more and it wasn't just oh this this woman who is so pivotal to bruce's right. life just suddenly shows up and then it's like never seen again and then never, never, mentioned again. never
0: seen again never yeah i mean exactly. i realize she so. comes back later she's she shows up at the at the end of uh the justice League, justice Unlimited, League.
2: but yeah. like but also in a flashback, she only shows up as a flashback.
0: Odd to me that somebody so important to, to Bruce's development as a as a vigilante is never mentioned again or mentioned before. Mm. As a Batman fan, it's just like there's so many other people you could have gone with here to tell a very similar story and not have it feel so out, out of place. So I'm curious because I'm more mystified than anything about the, the people's reverence for the film. So you guys <laughs> lo- loved it. And, when people describe it as the best Batman film of all time, is that something you guys agree with? Do you understand what they're saying?
1: I do understand what they're saying.
0: I would understand if it came out during the Schumacher era. I mean, there's, and it's certainly better than the Schumacher films, but it, but it didn't come out. It predated the Schumacher era. So right. tell me what they mean when they say that.
2: I think, well, I think, I think Suicide it's... Squad is clearly. I mean, it's just <laughs> your that, trap. I mean... It's an Oscar-winning film, Connor. Shouts fired. It is an Oscar-winning film. <laughs> I still haven't. I still haven't seen it. Oh, Don't care. Um, I, I get what they're saying. For me, it's it's nice that Kevin Conroy as Batman has at least one theatrical release under his belt. I think he's more than earned it with his tenure in the role. Sure. And so I think maybe people are, especially and Mark Hamill as well. So I think maybe people are taking their emotional connection to those two actors playing those two characters and pinning a lot of that on this movie. And I'm not sure this movie has the the shoulders to really hold that up. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where it's coming from. And so I get it from that perspective. But I don't after rewatching it, I don't agree that it's the best theatrical Batman.
1: I think it's um, for me, it's the best characterization of Batman. Sure. Yes. In a feature film. Like those other movies are like guys playing Batman. This is a movie that actually has Batman in it, you know. <laughs> like, at the, like just it's just it's it's weird. But um, that's that's how I feel about the animated Batman. Like that's the real one. Like all the other ones are like adaptations of
0: him. I just wish he was in a more compelling story. I agree with you completely on the characterizations.
1: I think it's a a cool premise. I think it would be cool like if they like remade this in like a live action version like Mm -hmm. and like did some nips and tucks. But like the stuff like the the I didn't expect to be happy thing like that. That's a really cool moment. That's something that that, you know, they should they should mine that a little bit. Like you guys, I'm, I'm sort of I think I think Ryan said it's weird that Phantasm hasn't shown up more. Yeah. I think there is real potential there. Or if you wanted to I don't know how many times the Reaper has shown up over the years, but like if, if you wanted to, you know, sort of fuse those two together and just I don't know. It's uh, I think it's I think it's an interesting concept. I think there are a lot of interesting themes and set pieces. I love the bit where Batman like um uh there's some cool moments involving motorcycles. Um Yeah. There's the one where it's Bruce just like not gonna dude off a motorcycle in the beginning mm-hmm. and it goes into like weird matrix slow motion but like before <laughs> matrix and better and right. the other bit was where he um he's on the bat cycle and like pivots so the bat cycle goes into the turbine um and and, and explodes it and uh so i was like oh cool because there was a point in the movie where i i had I can see where you were bored, where I was like, there's not a lot of action set pieces <laughs> um, or there hasn't been one in several minutes. And that's weird because this is animated. And if it's animated, you can kind of do anything. And it's you short. A, it's not like it's. Yeah, it's 76 minutes long. But um,
2: Julie and I were laughing at how fantastically slow the bat, the bat plane is. It's just ah. like it took him more than a you know minute to catch up with the person running on foot.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean maybe Should he's got to fly really slow because he's in a city with a lot of skyscrapers but it was just kind of I know it's partly how the animation works and all that stuff but we were okay. we were chuckling.
1: Should I I very quickly sum up uh, uh, Jeff Reed's, uh, our buddy Jeff Reed's pedantry on this movie? (laughs) I I mentioned on Facebook that I was going to be watching this movie for the first time in a while. And Jeff Reed said, I really like that movie. But there's one thing that's always bothered me about it is that um, the phantasm shows up in the opening scene, does the murder. And then that Arthur Reeves guy calls Andrea Beaumont on a plane as she's arriving in Gotham after the murder takes place. And it's like, why would she be on a plane if she was already in Gotham as the Phantasm? And if you actually break down those first scenes, it's not necessarily the next night. It could be several nights later. Right, it could be a later, yeah. And in my head canon, okay, um, it feels very noir. It feels very, like, almost double indemnity, where, like, she would do this convoluted thing of driving into Gotham incognito, doing the Phantasm murder, driving out of Gotham, and then making a big scene as a socialite at the airport, getting her picture taken, getting on the plane, and arriving in Gotham after the Phantasm murder has taken place, so that... You know, no one's going to expect it's this woman who is this hard, you know, this this mafia killer, this hardened killer, but I should still come up with some kind of ruse, some right, kind of so, so, so Robert
2: Durst is what you're saying. This is she just that. She, yeah. Jinx.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And that's okay. exactly it, right? <laughs> that's exactly it. Like buy a plane ticket for one place, drive to a different place, commit a crime mm-hmm. and then fly from the place uh, that you and, the make,
1: and then make a big make sure you're noticed at the airport yep. and yep, then arrive. Yep,
2: yep.
0: yeah. There you go. So. Yeah, I mean, it's got problems. It's got, it's got problems. <laughs> oh, well, so, We're going to be uh,
1: mad at you. Eh, so you guys did, you you know, guys it, did it a does. book
2: explode, Connor, yeah. on... Is it A Dark Knight? The Paul Dini, Edward, Eduardo Rizzo graphic novel?
0: Sure. The title of it is the, A Dark Knight. The Dark Knight? A Dark Knight? Something like that.
2: I think it was A Dark Knight. I think it's it was just just called a... Dark
0: Knight. Yeah, yeah. but it's just called Dark Knight, of true Batman story. That's what it is.
2: There you go. So you guys got to talk about that on yeah. The book explode. I wrote uh-huh. a thing about it on panels, but that book takes place in the real world while this movie is being made and that's also i loved that i thought that was a great graphic novel
0: it was and it got robbed at the eisners
2: yeah so Mm -hmm. people are looking for a little bit more stylized look at behind the scenes of what was going on
0: at warner brothers in those days i mean look i give them tons of credit they made this movie in eight months from the time they started to the time i mean like that's crazy but as a film it doesn't i mean to me there's still a difference between film and television and this just felt like a long TV episode. I haven't the anybody in the Simpsons movie.
2: <laughs> the way you said that sounds like you're building up, you know, to me, there's well, still a you difference. I mean, <laughs> there is. In this world of premiere TV. Yeah, and then in the world of peak TV, but. Old, old Man Connor's got lessons.
0: And then as Batman fan, I just never understood dropping these super important characters and then never mentioning them again. And it just feels like there's so much in the Batman canon you could have used for this. It would have made more sense. So would you call this an I, I, I
2: opportunity or.
0: Mm. Mm. I just call it mystifying. I just, I just think it's what it is. It's a directed home video movie that got released in theaters, and it's pretty good, but it's not great, and I'm sort of mystified by the uh, reverence that people hold for it. I mean, it's worth watching. It looks great. The voice acting's terrific. The music's terrific. There's great scenes. There's great pieces, but as a whole, I don't think it holds together very well as a film.
1: Okay. I, think there, I think there are nostalgia glasses for this movie, and that's, I think, a very understandable Sure. Iteration of of nostalgia glasses. I don't think it's totally unwarranted nostalgia glasses because I think like when you think of this as the prime time uh, spotlight for Batman the animated series, which I think as like a whole, I would put over any of the movies.
0: Well, if also if the animated series did air. I mean, and I realize you just used the word primetime in a different way. Yeah, I, I it did there it, on primetime like televisions. It wasn't like it was this hidden little gem. It was a very big the,
1: deal. The, the silver screen, yeah, <laughs> like, spotlight of it. Like, it's it's the most, I don't know, it's the it's the thing you can point to as, you know, the feature. And so it, whether or not it's the best example of it, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not the best example of what came out of that production. Yeah, I could pick three uh, episodes and have, I feel like much more of a, you know. But but for better or worse, this is the ambassador <laughs> of that production to the silver screen. To this is the one that you got to eat popcorn with.
0: True, that's um, a good point for many people. So, um, All right,
2: Connor, what are your three Feet of Clay, Heart of Ice? I mean, and the third one. I have to go through the list
0: because I feel like there's there's multi part episodes like you could have shown as a as a release that have been more impactful. But I listen, I got the figures on my desk along with all the other ones what's the robot one what's the
1: the robot batman that's like iconic i think the you know the cyborg right. batman because they're, they're making funko pops of that now
0: they could have done a straight up batman year one or batman year two I and mean, obviously not like they're doing now the just straight adaptations but doing it in the world of that batman world mm-hmm. yeah that'd mm-hmm. be cool. i mean just mm-hmm. sort of like if you want to do batman's origins and how he came to be and all that stuff just do it then
1: well, something that hasn't come up. I'm imagining that the uh, with the return of the Joker, you would probably place over this.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Which isn't technically, you know, it's it's New Adventures style, right, but still, Batman Beyond style. But
0: yeah, it's, it's just, real good. I would put this. Okay, we talk about theatrical releases. I put it underneath the Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Batman '89, Batman the Movie, Batman Returns, but I put it over all the Schumacher films, Batman then the Dark Knight Rises. So I'd put it I would like, put in the it, middle.
2: The, the only switch I would make is I'd put it over
0: Returns. That's the one that's I kind like, of iffy. Yeah, I like this better than Batman Returns. I haven't seen it in a while, but I would I would put it... It's it's in the middle with Batman Returns. That's where I would put it. Okay. There's a lot
2: of Christopher Walken in Batman Returns.
0: <laughs> I don't see how that's a problem.
2: It's not a problem. It's just... it's That's the thing that always I'm always surprised to remember of like, oh, he's in a
0: lot of this movie. Bruce Wayne... <laughs> no, it's over this one. That's for sure. That's just from that. Scene. <laughs> for you, for yeah. you. <laughs> it's just I don't know. I just uh, it's disappointing for me personally. I'm I'm happy if people love it. I'm not saying people shouldn't love it, but I was hoping that older eyes, really older eyes, less teenage jadedness would enjoy it more than I did it originally when I was however old, thirteen or fourteen. But. I just didn't, and that was really sad. I like it. that you still didn't enjoy it, but you thought it looked really crisp and nice. <laughs> and it's,
2: <laughs> and it's really
0: soft. Everything's backwards, apparently. That's Everything's uh, backwards. Con- well, Connor,
2: how you doing with the state of Batman comics? Every once in a while, when we do these Batman animated brain trust shows. Sometimes this is your chance to like give us your thesis on the current state
0: of the the comics. DC is such in flux right now. It's hard to it's hard to make any kind of declarative statements until they actually do what they're going to do. Mm. But uh, I'm enjoying Tom King's Batman book. I'm enjoying Detective Comics mostly, although there's a lot of John Paul in it, and now they're reintroducing the old Batman armor as some sort of meta thing, and I hated that so much. You know, I hate Damien. Nightwing's a terrific book.
2: <laughs> Your Damien hate is just... It's been percolating, and it's, like, concentrating, and I feel like it's just getting more and more venomous and more and more powerful, and uh, I-, I can't wait to see where this goes for you.
0: Look, Batman's okay right now, but I think... I was trying to explain this to actually to Scott Snyder at Comic Con. It's like everybody's everybody's been conditioned to think that everything's gonna change again after this Watchmen thing happens. I don't think anyone feels like they're on strong footing with DC books and he was like, I don't understand that. All Star Batman's also good. I really liked the button. The button was terrific. That was good. Yeah, I like that. And
2: I agreed with you when you said that Batman and Flash need to hang out more often.
0: Just one on one. Sure, one hundred percent.
1: I think I, I especially like that because I've been really into the Flash T V show lately. Yeah. And flash concepts.
0: Flash is great, but anyway, I, I don't feel uh, the. I got all that to out during whatever show we did <laughs> with that Damien. I don't need to go into another Damien Rand. It's just, it's. <laughs> I don't read his book. I don't read Super Sons or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't read Teen Titans. If if I can avoid them, I do.
1: Oh, tidbits uh, that because I don't want these to just be on my Facebook and then they don't go anywhere else. Guy who plays Arthur Reeves, city councilman, mm-hmm. directed High School High. And that's that's a weird thing. High school high with John Lovitz and the race car tracks on his head. Whoa, Mark Hamill. He's
0: Luke Skywalker.
2: Yeah, he's Luke Skywalker. It
1: was oh, no, it was interesting. It was it was interesting to hear Mark Hamill twenty five years ago Joker again. Right. Same um, with Kevin Conroy. We haven't, you
2: know. Yeah. That's true.
1: That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I don't think Kevin Conroy could do young Bruce Wayne like like this anymore.
1: Guys, Abe Vigoda was in this movie. Abe
0: Vigoda was terrific. As soon as I heard him, I was like, oh yeah. right, awesome. <laughs> Plus, you know, not just Abe Goddard, but it's, it's a little bit of the Godfather connection. Yes. The the voice cast is stellar. Bob Hastings is still a terrific Commissioner Gordon. I don't know if I've ever heard a better Commissioner Gordon.
2: Julie got really excited when she heard him as Commissioner
0: Gordon again. She was like, yes, he's back. Yeah. R- Robert Costanza was a great Bullock. I mean, it's still, you know, there's there's a lot to enjoy here. I just didn't think it helped. Either. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr.
1: May he rest in peace as Alfred Pennyworth. I just love seeing dark-haired
0: Alfred. It dark-haired makes me Alfred, so happy yeah. whenever that happens.
2: I, I just wish I hadn't seen Paul's Facebook status about the remaster before watching this, because then I oh, watched sorry. it. It Made me watch it completely differently, because I was I was I think more critical than I would have been. Especially there's the scene where Brodsky, I think, is the mobster's name, gets ki- uh, or attacked by the phantasm in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where he's like cresting a hill. And mm-hmm. the line of the hill is not stable. <laughs> like it is jumping around the screen. And
1: I don't know three, if that's,
2: I don't know if that's from the original yeah. animation, the original cells. That I feel could, like you could, could fix that digitally, but it wasn't. And I know there's like a philosophical reason why sometimes you don't fix mistakes, uh, George Lucas, but that one, that one's <laughs> once I was watching it with, with Paul Montgomery's critical, critical lips in my ear. So you're
0: saying is Paul Montgomery ruined it for you. <laughs> yep. Yep, well,
1: that's because so, a review of it ruined it for me. I read a review that just I was like, He's "Oh, I wonder how the transfer is."
0: Yeah, I was just passing
1: like yeah, vector
2: for this virus, kill the,
1: <laughs> kill the messenger. But I'll say a nice thing about the transfer. There's film grain on this, and that was nice.
2: There is film grain on this, which you we don't could, get film grain up anymore. Digitally. Yeah, and they chose they made a decision not to clean it up, and I think that they were smart to do so. Sometimes it made the backgrounds, uh, the hand-painted backgrounds. Stand out from some of the animation cells a little bit. Much, I think they probably upped the contrast a little bit. But other than that, yeah, it was it was nice.
1: You don't want to do. You don't want to pull a, a Predator remaster and pull out all the grain and then make everything look like uh, it's been airbrushed. That's bad.
0: So, Paul, did you say where this fit on your Batman movie?
1: I didn't, and I'm not going. To <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to make that list. I. I don't know. I don't know. I'm in a I'm in a weird place right now in hindsight on a lot of Batman movies and and, and and Batman movies going forward. so I don't I don't know I don't want to make a list. I think people should make a list on the
0: website. I think people in the comments should do So the, the eligible lists. are we even going to ooh we'd even put in the 1940s serials into this?
2: I haven't seen hmm. those. They're so good.
0: They're so messed up. I have them on DVD, but yeah, you you should watch them. They're really Batman
2: and Robin
1: sneak out of a grandfather clock to scare Alfred. They like prank him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) With the the droopy bat ears. (laughs) What's crazy about them is they only came out like one or two years after Batman and Robin debuted in the world. Mm. I mean, these are like pure.
1: There's two two of them, right? There's and it's a different cast. I want to say
0: they're fun. But you make your list on iFanboy.com. Paul won't make his. His is classified. It's classified. I feel like my list might
2: change with the next upcoming film on our uh, animated brain trust schedule. What are you talking about?
0: That's not a theatrical release.
2: Uh, well, okay. I guess it's not a theatrical release. But it's. Uh, I'm real excited
0: for it. No, I mean, if you want to talk animated, I, wouldn't, I would say it doesn't even compare to something like Under the Red Hood.
2: Under the Red Hood. Under the
0: Red Hood. The Red Hood. Oh, yeah. Sub-Zero. I
2: love that which, one. I think it's weird.
1: Sub-Zero came out in 98.
2: Yes. There was also a feature length, this came out feature length not theatrical release. It was like Mystery of Batwoman. Remember that one?
1: With, um, oh, what's her face? Regis and Kelly. She played Batwoman. Kelly Ripa. came out. Kelly Rippa was, is the voice of
2: Batwoman, I think? And that was the standalone sequel to Mask of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero. Huh. I feel like it's fun to do these retro ones. I've that, never we had, that, that one. didn't get to on the Animated Brain Trust. But as long as our schedule stays full of new releases, I guess there's no
0: time. <laughs> well, if they make a, if they do a, a remastered Blu-ray release, maybe we'll do it.
1: So we're so we're gonna get the we got the the Harley Batman and Harley Quinn one next.
0: Yes, that comes in a couple of weeks. Well, end of the, uh, next, end of the month.
1: We're gonna get a two-parter: Superman, Death of Superman, and then Reign of the Supermen.
0: I'm really interested in that because. They've been doing this so long now they've finally remade one. They're looping back around. Yeah. We, <laughs> st- we
1: started with Superman Doomsday, which is technically Death of Superman and Reign of the Superman in a very abridged, truncated version. And so now they're going to do it as two separate movies. And our email conversation is basically, what kind of Superboy are we going to get? Are we going to get really 90s Superboy or are God, we going to get so. – Like Young Justice, I want Ninety Superboy Superboy with
2: tactile telekinesis.
0: I want round sunglasses.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, round sunglasses. I mean, his hairstyle has actually kind of come back. Like his hairstyle is basically what John Hamm has in Baby Driver.
1: Yes. Yes, it's the you know, the side cut. The
2: so we got cut. a
0: lot coming out. we got a lot to to work with. Um, and then these random things pop up. So we, we, we reconvene the brain trust for that. If you want to talk about Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and if you want to rank your theatrical, remember, they have to be theatrical release. They have to have been in movie theaters.
1: I guarantee you people are going to li- put multiple lists. Like, this is my theatrical list. This is my including direct to video animation. This is my live action only list.
0: That's totally fine. But you, they have to understand that we made our list on this show for only movies that are in actual theaters where you can eat popcorn, get a soda, all that stuff.
2: We meaning you and me. And our <laughs> list is almost exactly the same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go to iFanboy.com. There'll be posted post for this show. Uh, you can listen to our weekly show, iFanboy. What is it even called? Pick of the Week podcast where we talk about the week's comics, the animated brain trust. We'll be back in. Like three weeks or so. Four weeks for Batman and Harley. Batman and Harley?
1: Batman and Harley Quinn. Wait, did you guys include Lego Batman?
0: Oh. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be in that mix with with Batman Returns and and this.
2: I agree. Yeah, I listened to your guys' podcast review of that and agreed that it's a a joke that lasts a little bit too long.
0: Hmm. It worked great in the Lego Movie. It was just a little. It was fine, but it was like I I And does does the
1: Lego Movie count? No, no. Does Batman versus Superman count?
0: Yeah, I mean that's first name in the title. Close to the bottom. Jesus, Paul! All right, for someone who's not even making the list, (laughs) making our lives harder. All right, so okay, The Dark Knight. Batman Returns, I'm sorry, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Batman 89, Batman the Movie, Batman Returns. But you forgot Rises. No, That's I haven't really gotten really no. Low. That's at the
2: bottom.
1: Oh. Ow. Guys, don't look up my Dark Knight Rises review on ifanboy.com. It doesn't hold up.
0: <laughs> Ooh, now I have to.
1: <laughs> I don't stand by that one.
0: <laughs> Lego Batman movie, this movie, oh, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin.
1: Don't look up my Prometheus review either. Look up my Man of Steel one, but just for the comments. There's like 900 comments.
0: <laughs> Batman and... Batman versus Superman. Batman's Dark Knight Rises. I think that's all of them. I think that's it.
2: I'll, I'll do mine in the comments. It's just okay. so, so you don't have to hear another list. Wait,
1: is Dark Knight Rises the very last one on your list? Yes. So the Schum- Schum- Schumacher ones go above that? Yes. Okay.
2: Paul, some days you just can't get
0: rid of a bomb. That's a whoa, whoa, that's not a Schumacher one.
2: No, but it's Dark Knight Rises. No. It's the best like, it, I know, it's from it's, it's from Batman Dark the Night movie, too. but it's a major plot point of I the see. Dark Knight Rises, and Julie pointed it out to me, and I think it's the funniest low key joke I <laughs> have heard about that movie that nobody
0: else ever seems to uh, make the connection for. Alright, so. Anyway, fmway.com is where you can find all that stuff. Make your make your list. We'll talk to you next time. I'm Connor. I'm Paul. And I'm Ryan.
1: But my first name is Robin.